Um, just before we get into the topic full on, I just want to spend a few moments um, reflecting on the uh, demonstrations yesterday. How many people went to the demonstration? There were about 17 or 18 or more from, from our group here. Uh, there was the, the crossing the bridge in the morning, and then there was the follow-up in the um, uh, at San Francisco, trying to find the, it's kind of like a where's Waldo, you know, where, where's the torch? Uh, and they were two, two uh, distinct experiences. Um, anyone want to um, share about the, uh, the crossing the bridge experience? Kate? Hi, I'm Kate. Um, so I did both the walking across the bridge and no, then... Why don't you stand up oh, so people can see. Stand? Or you can kneel, whatever. <laughs> you know. Wow, okay. Um, and so I did walking across the bridge and then went downtown and uh, was in the chaos of that as well. But walking across the bridge I thought was so amazing. Jack led it. Uh, well, James did as well, but... Um, yeah, yeah, let it. <laughs> it was Jack's idea. Jack had this idea six months ago. Yeah. yeah. Of walking across with. Uh, oh well, you you say. <laughs> so uh, it was for for Burma, peace in Burma, and um, and it was really lovely. We all met on the Marin side, and um, the way it really was set off was Jack. You know, bringing us all together and saying, now we're going to begin our walking meditation. And that's what it felt like going across the bridge. It was just so sweet and very mindful. And, you know, the talking was, uh, people were talking a little bit and getting to know each other. And um, But mostly it was just really just mindful and just bringing that intention together, which I thought was a lot stronger, actually, than the collective craziness of <laughs> downtown, which was a lot of fun, but I thought it was a lot more powerful, our walk. Yeah, all the, there was a, did you also, go ahead, why don't you share too? I just wanted to add one thing that really amazed me, and that was that uh, people were so positive. All the people who, you know, passed us, I mean, I've never seen so many people honking, and you know, so happy to see this march, as well as all the tourists walking. And, I mean, only one guy said, well, some of us have to work. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the only one among everybody else was just positive. <laughs> oh, yeah, the police. It was amazing. They were just sweet. It was amazing. Yeah, so one Burmese uh, monk and Jack and a number of, Teachers, uh, Sokni Rinpoche was there, and a number of Zen uh, teachers were there, and um, some uh, some Spirit Rock teachers, <coughs> and uh, there were what 567 people was the who's counting, but but one person counted, and uh, it was done in a very uh, dignified, respectful, mindful way, and the police were just so happy to be part of it. Uh, this is a good crowd. And it was so different than, than downtown, where it was kind of chaotic to begin with, since nobody knew where the torch was. But it, it, was, it, it just really showed me that when the energies are aligned with a common purpose and presence, just the power of that collective coming together, it's like we were all part of something bigger than, than any of us. It was like the whole was bigger than the sum of its parts. And um, there was a lot of, I had just so much appreciation for our community and for the power of presence and mindfulness and all the caring that that uh, could feel. It was, it was really wonderful. Yeah, Randy. There was something really wonderful that happened, a couple things, but one thing at the end that was really nice, and that is that there were, about 10 of us who carpooled over, and a young man at the end of the march who'd been running, working out, who's probably about 22 or 3, 
came up to us and he said, I hate to seem so ignorant, but what is Burma? And we had a wonderful talk with him. And he, you know, he contributed what he knew in his own political views. And so there was some real education, I think, that went on for people. Thank you. Thank you. Last one, Claudia. Um, there was also um, a group of a couple of um, Chinese guys, and um, clearly they were they were pro their government. And um, but there was a, a exchange that went on between us, and they were um, they were really interested in you know uh, expressing their their view and saying you know that well in Tibet you know like the Tibetans are like they're discriminated against. And they said, well, you know, in your, in your march, you know, you, you don't have people of color. And we said, we said you know, yes, we know, and that's a problem. And it's not that they're not welcome, because we would like people of, all people of, of every, every stripe to join us. But um, they were just really, you know, they were interested. They said, um, but so you hate your, you, you hate your country. And we said, no, we don't hate our country. We love our country, but we don't, we don't like what our government is doing. And um, it was just really interesting because they, and then they, they wanted to take our picture. They took, all of us took our picture. Um, they, they took, their friend took their picture with us. And um, there was <laughs> a photo op. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't hold our sign. Yeah, but it was a very, it was just a very um, nice exchange, you know, and they were very open to, you know, to sharing their views and hearing what we had to say. So. Great. Thank you. Thank you. So. I, I didn't hear any media over there. No. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. No, it was. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Real news hour. Really? Oh, that's good. Mm. Well, I had a lot of gratitude, and that is coincidentally the, the topic for tonight. I'm doing this series uh, on uh, the, the Buddhist uh, exploration of these principles that I use in the, the Awakening Joy course and the the fourth one is gratitude, uh, which is not spoken of or spelled out, at least that I can recall in the Pali Canon in that way, talking about gratitude. But there are many expressions of gratitude in, uh, in Buddha Dharma, uh, many practices and many um, um, uh, pointing teachings that point to this expression of gratitude, and I'm, I'm just curious uh, if you can think of any practice of of gratitude or way that the teachings uh, point to uh, to gratitude in what you've come across. This isn't a test, but just to, just to see as I was thinking about how it manifests in a number of different ways. General contentment and acceptance of the moment. Okay, so an appreciation of, of the moment and being, having it be enough. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh huh. When your mind is lost, instead of being frustrated, having gratitude for the fact that you've just come back to the present moment, you can appreciate, oh, great, here I am again. Wonderful. Any other ways that come across? Yeah. Say again. Simply saying thank you. Mm-hmm. That is an act of gratitude. Yeah, Isabella. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's one of the blessings. There, there is a uh, later on. I'll, I'll, I'll read uh, if I have time the discourse on blessings. And one of the blessings is um, to um, to hear the Dharma 
at the right time. This is a blessing supreme. To discuss the Dharma at the right time, this is a blessing supreme. Mm. Anything else comes to mind? What's that? That. Aha. Uh-huh. That happiness that it brings to just contemplate gratitude. Yeah, Anthony. The act of dana is an act of, it's an expression of our gratitude. Right? Yes. Bowing, yes. There you are, honoring somebody or the Buddha or whatever with your appreciation. Anything else you can think of? Yeah, yeah. And in the teachings I'm, I'm talking about, just in your, yeah, it does. This is what we're going to talk about. Yes. The preciousness of a human birth and to, to then also be exposed to, to the Dharma. It's extraordinarily precious. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So the good news about Anicca, when times are tough, thank goodness things pass. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay, maybe we'll just stop, stop there. Um, I'll mention a couple that, that come to my mind and then share a little bit. Um, when we uh, do metta practice and we do metta particularly the category of metta uh, for a benefactor that is a practice of gratitude when you think of somebody who's really enriched your, your life if you haven't done the loving kindness practice before it's done very systematically Usually we start with ourself, bringing loving kindness towards ourself. And then the next category is for a benefactor. However, sometimes it's not as easy to access loving kindness for ourself. And then it's recommended that you begin with the benefactor. Because that is, is very uh, often uh, easier to get in touch with. Um, and as you do, it, it opens the heart, and then we can go to the loving-kindness to the other categories. Um, just to, for us all to uh, get in touch with the experiential feeling, let's just do a few moments of metta for benefactor. There's somebody in your life who's enriched your life, who's been there for you, perhaps, maybe a a relative, a grandparent, or a, uh, if you're if you're fortunate, a, a loving parent, and um, or a friend, or a teacher, or a mentor, or somebody that you feel gratitude for. Just bring them into your heart, into your mind, and for a few moments. Just reflect on the blessing. And how fortunate we are to have people like that in our life. And have uh, an image, perhaps, of the person. and sending them some appreciation. First, directly a moment of gratitude. Thank you for being in my life. And then wishing them well. May you know the highest happiness. 
may you be filled with peace and love and joy. Just notice how it feels. Now turn your attention to that feeling of wishing well with nothing wanted in return. It's really an experience of unconditional well-wishing. How it feels in the heart, how it feels in the body, how it feels in the mind. Feels pretty good, doesn't it? It's amazing how that good feeling, it's even better than ice cream. There's, there's not anything quite like those feelings of an unconditional expression. It's, it's very different than the happiness that you get from getting something because gratitude like the other states of uh, well-being and wholesome states, as I mentioned before, all of these states are expansive qualities. Having, getting something, or wanting something and getting it is a kind of, it feels good, but it's a kind of possessing, oh great, it's for me, I get to do this. And it feels good, there's no, no problem with that. But the joy of, of opening, of, of allowing our caring to be expressed and appreciation to be expressed is uh, even a higher form of, of well-being. And so gratitude is, the, is one of uh, the most powerful antidotes to the contracted mind that comes with dukkha, that comes with stress, that comes with Confusion and suffering, greed, hatred, and delusion, the big three, they're all contracted states. Gratitude opens us up and actually gives us the spaciousness to then hold our pains and our sorrows. Not that we are trying to get rid of them, not that we're pretending they're, that they're not there, but that spaciousness of heart allows us to to open to them in, a, in a, a skillful way so we're not overwhelmed. And it can be cultivated. It's, it's really uh, amazing how that works. As you practice it more and more, it just becomes the way you are or your approach to life. I wanted to share a few studies very interesting studies um, around gratitude. Um, there was one, and uh, I've shared this before. This is from Greater Good magazine, which I highly recommend. Uh, and this is an older issue. You, all of these are online, free. All the archives are fully, um, um, fully. Um, published, greatergoodmag.org, and this is the issue on gratitude. And so some of the studies come from that. One of them, uh, particularly this fellow um, Robert Emmons, who's come out with a book in the last, uh, this last year called Thanks. He's one of the main researchers on gratitude. Um, Three groups, here's a couple of studies that he did, three groups Um, Once a week, one group, for 10 weeks, listed five things that they were grateful for. A second group, once a week, listed five things that annoyed them. (laughs) A third group just listed five things that impacted them, that affected them. 
After ten weeks, the grateful conditioning group were uh, found to be 25% happier than other groups. They would take um, they would take tests on mental well-being and physical well-being. 25% happier. They felt better about life. More optimistic. Fewer health complaints. They were they spent more time exercising than the control group, and significantly more time exercising than the hassled group. Just once a week, listing five things they are grateful for. Isn't that interesting? Second study, um, then they went, that was his first, his initial study in exploring this about 10 or 12 years ago. Um, second study, a gratitude, or, or another study, I don't know if it was his second, but later a study. Uh, they, did, they asked people to do, do a gratitude journal for two weeks daily. And after the two weeks, and they, they, again, they tested at the beginning and then at the end for different indices of well-being. And then three weeks after the intervention, they tested them again just to see if there were any kind of lasting effects. Okay. The gratitude group scored more joyful, enthusiastic, interested, energetic, attentive, determined, and uh, strong. They offered more support to others because what gratitude does as it, you, it opens your heart, you want to express your appreciation and caring. Not only that, then they interviewed um, people, uh, spouses or, and friends of these people because it's one thing to say, oh yeah, I'm feeling this. It's another to check out with their wife or their husband, okay? And the spouse, and they didn't know, the, the spouses didn't know what, who was in what group. They just said, rate your partner, etc., etc. The spouses reported the same. And that, um, and that, uh, let's see, I was one, it was like three weeks later, I don't know if this is the, if I got, but three weeks later, it was, it was still demonstrably significant difference. Then they did another study with people who've had, uh, who have neuromuscular disorders, um, particularly um, you know, chronic pain and, and fatigue. And did these, they did a gratitude group and a control group. They didn't have a hassle group for, for that one, fortunately. And the gratitude group had significantly more positive emotions significantly less negative emotions uh, and were satisfied with life more. And again, the spouses confirmed significant differences between those groups. This is powerful stuff. There's another study that was done with um, school kids, not by Emmons, but somebody else. A, a slight replication uh, of it or same idea <laughs> that they took uh, 221 middle school kids, gave them a mental and physical questionnaire before and after. Oh, this is one two weeks and then three weeks later. Yeah. And the gratitude group for two weeks listing five things they're grateful for from since the previous day. Right? The, then there was the, the hassle group, five things that annoyed you and the control group. Um, then they gave the questionnaire two weeks later and then three weeks later after that. The gratitude group, higher levels of optimism, increased life satisfaction, decreased negative feelings, and three weeks later, that's five weeks from the beginning, they expressed gratitude more to people around them, teachers, etc., and that they were more grateful in general about their life. And it turns out they also um, scored higher on appreciating close, their close relationships, and they felt better about life and about school. This is just a few weeks. Can you imagine if that's how you incline your mind over and over to see what's good in life, to see what's good around you? Another uh, famous study uh, by Martin Seligman, Seligman uh, the man who, who wrote Authentic Happiness, which is the 
kind of the, that was the birth of positive psychology movement, um, did a study. People self-identified as severely uh, depressed. They were asked to write down three good things a day for 15 days. And then there was, no, I don't know if there was a control group in this, but on certain um, scores, uh, certain um, questionnaires, surveys, they were 94%, um, they had a decrease in, reported a decrease in depression, and 92% uh, reported increased happiness. Uh, I, I mentioned uh, I, uh, an experience I had with my mom. I, I mentioned it here a while ago, and I'll, I'll mention it again because probably not everybody was here. When I got this, this is last September, it was, um, and I went down to visit my mom for a week, and I brought this down with me, and I said, this is really interesting. This is really cool, Mom. You know, check this out. My mother... We, she, bless her heart, she's going to be 90 in August. Uh, and she has been seeing the glass half empty her whole life. And she knows it. You know, she, she just, she said, she read it and she said, yeah, that sounds pretty good. But, you know, I've been doing it in a different way for a long time. I said, wouldn't it be cool, Mom, if you could... Learned a different way? Yeah, but I don't think so. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not going to work for me. <laughs> and so we played this little game. Because she said, I know my life is, is blessed. It's, 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 I've been so fortunate. It's very blessed. But my mind sees what's wrong. So, I, so we said, I said, you know, you can... You can have both of those that are true. Okay, you can say, my life is very blessed and I'm really having a hard time right now. I'm really annoyed. Or you could say, I'm really having a hard time right now, but my life is really very blessed. And something about that simple turnaround intrigued her. She said, well, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I said, it's all the order that you put it in, because we generally think about the last as the one that sticks. So we made up the game together. I said, okay, every time you complain about something, how about if I just remind you to put on that other ending? Like, and my life is very blessed. Okay. She said, okay, let's try it. I had a lot of opportunities over the, 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 over the next... And, and it was, at first we were laughing because it was like every other kind of, you know... It was a lot, you know. But it was, she was really into it. So she said, oh, God, look at this, the way this is... Done. And, oh, and my life is very blessed. And each time was like a, an, an, ex, uh, a, uh, an opportunity for her to do that. It was an amazing week. Not only was it an amazing week, but um, she continued with the practice. One of my, uh, one of my sister's friends kept it up with her, and I called her a lot that next, the next two weeks, I made sure I called her almost every day, which, you know, that also made her feel good. And, you know, and it, something kind of kicked in. This is after 89 years. She is still doing it. It drove my sister crazy a little bit, because my sister is very much like my mother. She, what did you do to mom here? <laughs> but my mother is still doing so much so that I wrote into Greater Good and said, You can teach an elder human new tricks. You know? And my mother loved it. She said, Oh, I got to see that. 
Because she's saying it all the time now. Isn't it? I, I, get, I still get goosebumps thinking about this. That's probably the most significant thing uh, that's happened besides feeling the love between us over the last few years. The most significant little tweak uh, that, I th- that I think um, my mother has had, that I've seen in quite a number of years. This gratitude stuff is powerful. And can you imagine, if that was 89 at 89, if we practice seeing what's good in our life, not to pretend the other stuff isn't there, but just to see, wow, my life is very blessed. Or how amazing it is that the gorgeous day today, or that I can breathe and I'm alive, or whatever. One of my friends... um, who's been practicing a grateful heart for many years. We taught school together, um, PS 122 in Queens, um, Astoria, Queens. And uh, this is in 1969, 70. Um, and we're still good friends. And she's a very high being. Just being around her, you, you feel her, her goodness and her light. She had a, um, she's gone through a cancer uh, this last, last year, um, esophageal, esophageal, esophageal cancer. And it was, um, it's a pretty intense experience. And she just kept on with a positive attitude. And, you know, it was supposedly pretty painful. Is it painful? Well, it's, yeah, it's not so not so easy. But she went through it. This was cancer-free. Um, and uh, just, I won't get into the details, but it was pretty intense stuff. And it turns out that sometimes, with this particular type of cancer, one thing that can happen is an occurrence in the lung. And so she went, this is about uh, two, three, two months or so ago, and, so, and one of the doctors spotted uh, um, cancer in the lung. And he said, well, now we have to go the next route. can do this kind of um, surgery or this kind, but we need to really remove, remove it. And she said, well, this is it. We, you know, we've got to do it. And if they can catch it in time, it's... It, it's it's okay. This is a common secondary result. So she went for the most heavy duty and they removed the top uh, lobe of, of one lung, just like a good chunk of the lung. And she was really happy that the operation, which was a pretty major, very major operation, went well. And they found no cancer in the rest of the lung. She called me this last week and left a message. I haven't gotten a chance to speak to her yet. She said, well, interesting thing. There was no cancer in the lung that that they took out. But you know what? I got exactly what I wanted. I wanted a diagnosis of complete cancer free and that's how I am. It was, I got shivers as she was sharing it on the phone. She said, I know. People said, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Or, no, you must be so frustrated. And I am so grateful I'm cancer-free. It's just one way to hold it out of a number of different possibilities. Had a few, um, find it. Quotes from Helen Keller. Hmm. Everything has its wonders, even darkness and silence. And I learn, whatever state I may be in, therein be content to be content. Isn't that amazing? 
character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition inspired, and success achieved. As selfishness and complaint pervert the mind, so love with its joy clears and sharpens the vision. It's so easy to fall into a, oh, woe is me, and why did this happen to me? Life has suffering, first noble truth. And that's part of our curriculum. How do we deal with it? How can we deal with it in a way that doesn't beat us down, that doesn't see more despair, but rather opens up to the mystery of life? We just get fed the news every day that says how terrible things are, or at least on the whole. The, the news of the, the march across the bridge, that, that didn't, uh, made just a little dent. But it's happening all over. People are good. There's goodness. You just have to look a little bit, and it's right there. And if you look for it, you really bring it out even more. Gratitude um, implies humility. It implies, uh, implicit in it, it's like there's a, a, a not taking a stance of, oh, look at me, but rather of opening to the bounty that life has to give to us. Sokni Rinpoche, who I just mentioned, has this wonderful way of looking at it. He talks about um, gratitude in terms of devotion. Devotion in t- Tibetan practices, devotion to, the, to guru. Guru yoga is very, uh, very prominent, where you see your teacher as the embodiment of, of the Buddha. And he says that when you can have that kind of devotion, and when there's gratitude for the lineage, particularly, and for the blessings of the Dharma, it opens you up so that you become like a satellite dish. And as you open up out of tremendous gratitude, you receive the blessings of life all around you. That can't happen if you're closed and saying, oh, this is wrong, woe is me, or that rotten so-and-so. There's no room for the blessings to come in. When we take refuge in the Dharma, this I think of as an act of gratitude. It's feeling so grateful for the Dharma, for the truth, and seeing that in this moment we're given just what we need to wake up. Thank you. Thank you, Dharma. The humility that comes from gratitude is also connected with the fact that we don't have to, and I think a misperception is when we identify with our skills or our attributes. Oh, look at me. You know, I'm a talented this or that. Or I've got good looks, or I've got, I'm really smart. And it's wonderful to appreciate those things. But if we take ownership of them with a puffed chest, we miss the deepest kind of gratitude. Because it's just what life has given to us. If you've got a caring heart, where did that come from anyway? Perhaps probably the love that you've been given and the the deep connection to something greater than yourself that just lets it shine through? Can you say, my unconditional love is better than your unconditional love? It, it just doesn't make any sense. You know? My pure awareness is better than yours. And just to see, this is, it's all gratuitous. All, all of our gifts are blessings that have just been given to us as gifts. So to, to see that and to, to really explore that and as a practice, that humility and that feeling of blessing and that feeling of 
not only what we receive, but as we open ourselves up, the love can come through us so much more powerfully because we're, we're just agents of that rather than my love is going to rescue that person or save them. It's just, it wants to come out and touch itself in somebody else. When we're not taking our gifts personally and yet celebrate them, have deep gratitude for them, then we can also see those gifts in others and appreciate and bring that out from them as well. We'll just take one more thing and then I'll, and then I'll uh, see if there's any questions or responses. Just a little gratitude exercise. A little bit like you did a little while ago with the benefactor. Just a few different things right now. Think of some something in your life that's a blessing. Maybe some body that you're grateful to or some thing that you're grateful for, that you're grateful to life for. Might have an image. And then just express your gratitude silently. Thank you. I'm grateful to you for... I'm grateful to life for this. Let yourself feel it. Bring something something else to mind. Somebody or some situation or some quality about yourself that you're grateful for. One of your gifts. And again, let yourself feel that. Express it silently to life, to yourself, to someone else. Let yourself feel it. And then one last time, this time particularly towards yourself, something that you really appreciate or are grateful for within yourself. Your kindness, your sincerity, your playfulness, your goodness, whatever. And just thank life for that for a moment. Let yourself feel how good it feels. If there are people that came to mind, or this week as people come to mind, just one little additional aspect expressing your gratitude deepens it. It's one thing to have the thought. When you express it, when you put it into words or put it into actions, the karmic impact, the groove, is much more profound. So enjoy this week. Just letting people know how much you appreciate them. So just have a a few moments, if anything comes up from that. Share, bring up. Yeah. Is it Mac? One of the things that I've found coming up in my life is the enjoyment that I get out of doing nice things for other people. I mean, it's like, and and there's, a, I don't know. It's like there's a real expression of gratitude. There's a real expression of gratitude. I, I feel gratitude just 
I, I don't for the, for that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it reminds me that the Dalai Lama's phrase "selfish altruism," which he says is a good thing. It just feels so good when you kind of get the secret to to just come from a place of of kindness and caring uh, when you've got the energy for it. And so you want to thank the the person for being the that uh, field of merit. Anybody else? He's good. Dennis, yeah, and then Ron. I was at uh, Habitat for Humanity contributing uh, a year or so ago, and the uh, the people, the owners of the house, the houses are built voluntary contributions from members at large, and the people of the house came up and said, thank you so much to this one guy. And the guy said, no, thank you for needing a house. It's given me an opportunity to give. And uh, was it Randy? Did you want to say something? Here, take that. Pass it. Um, all day today, because I probably because I was on retreat for two months, I've been really thinking about the enormity of the joy that's available in the world, and um, and I guess what I'd like to ask you, James, is that somehow it seems to me that it's. We're so unused to feeling such joy and such gratitude that um, we're kind of, I find myself almost programmed to kind of break the circuit, you know, so that it's sort of self-limiting, so that if I, you know, that I can't keep myself open to it long enough, that that something wants to distract me from it or kick in and say, but, you know. So I wonder how one develops a sort of middle way path to sort of maybe increase one's ability over time to, you know, to keep that focus over time to become more and more able to contain it because, I mean, goodness, how much there is to be grateful for is is limitless. So Mm -hmm. yeah, and uh, it's true uh, that neurologically. We're, we're wired up to look for what's wrong. This is, it's part of our survival mechanism uh, from you know, evolution. Uh, my, my friend Rick, Rick Hansen, the neuroscience guy, he says that we're, what is it, Velcro for unpleasant experience and Teflon for, pre- for pleasant ones. <laughs> That's how we're wired up in the mind. It's like you have a, a good experience, uh, a thousand good experiences with a dog, and one time a dog snaps at you or, or bites you, and that's the thing that sticks. So we've got some real um, conditioning to, um, to deal with and to really appreciate that first. So it's not like, oh, why am I such a, you know, an ingrate? To see the conditioning, to see the power of developing a different way to really get clear on your intention to start looking for what's good and to get all the reminders you can to support that. When you practice, when you're sitting in meditation, you can actually include this just a little bit. What am I grateful for? You know, just as part of your meta practice, all you're grateful to life for that. Um, and be very patient. It's practicing over time. But each time that you do feel that hit, pay attention to it. So it's not like, oh yeah, well, I'm grateful for so-and-so. Yes, I am. That's so wonderful. And then on to the next thing. Turn your awareness to fully experience in your being what it feels like. All it takes is a few moments. Mmm, yeah, how neat. You just tapped into the well. And that deepens the conditioning. So it's mindfulness plus intention and practice. Okay, well, it's time to go. Um, We should just end with uh, a loving kindness um, and uh, blessing supreme will need to wait. I'll just read a couple of things on this. Yeah, maybe... 
outstanding behavior, blameless action, open hands to all, selfless giving. This is a blessing supreme. To be reverent and humble, content and grateful, to hear the Dharma at the right time, this is a blessing supreme. To be patient and respectful, to visit with spiritual people, to discuss the Dharma at the right time, this is a blessing supreme. To live simply and purely, to see the noble truths and to realize Nibbana, this is the blessing supreme. So, feel the blessings in your heart and in your life. Let it fill you. Wish yourself well. May I open up to all the blessings in my life. May I express my gratitude and appreciation to life and those in my life who I'm grateful for. May I share my love well. And may I awaken to the highest happiness and understanding. And then to extend that out to include everyone here and all beings everywhere, as I want to be happy, may all find happiness, may all find peace, may all appreciate the blessings in their life, may all know the highest happiness and liberation. And may our coming here together be of benefit to all beings everywhere. May all beings be happy. Thank you very much.